this is a, a fascinating partnership that has been launched between the YWCA of Edmonton and the Direct Her Network, basically hoping to empower Albertans, women in Alberta, to rise up in the business and nonprofit world and serve on company boards. To a lot of people, serving on a board in any number of uh, things like the nonprofit world or even in the business world is is seems out of reach and it seems like it's uh well in most cases people look at it as oh it's an old boys club you can never break in you can never bust through that ceiling to try and get in in what can be very influential roles but they can be great for networking and you get to meet other people who are movers and shakers in a variety of worlds and it's 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 lost to a lot of people in Alberta, specifically to women or gender minorities. So these two organizations have launched a pilot project in order to help with education that will help women and gender minorities get better prepared uh, to perhaps get some of these roles on boards and high-level tables. So going to have a conversation about that with Catherine O'Neill, who's the CEO of the YWCA here in Edmonton, and Chantelle Sabai, who is with Direct Her Network. These are the two organizations that are working together on this pilot project. Both ladies are joining us this morning. And as every time on radio, sometimes with voices, we, we want to be able to identify the name to the voice. So Catherine O'Neill, would you say good morning? Good morning, Daryl. How are you today? I'm great. Uh, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Chantel, great to have you here. Thanks for joining good. us. Good morning, Daryl. Uh, so, yeah, you guys sound completely and totally different, so this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me an idea where this came from. Whose idea? I assume that there has been work in this area previously trying to, to help women or gender minorities get involved in these different boards, but I'm curious as to where this idea for this partnership uh, came up. Who sort of spearheaded this? You know, Maybe I'll was, take the lead on that, Catherine, if you're comfortable with that. I, I told both ladies, we told both of them, you know, that this is a conversation. You guys jump in, we can walk yeah. all over each other for all I care, <laughs> because I think that'll help to sort of uh, drive the conversation a little better. So, yeah, yeah Chantel, go ahead. Um, so, Director Network started as an organization in 2019, and um, since that time has been really working to demystify this governance space for those who are less seen on boards. And so that particularly uh, comes from the lens of gender, uh, but we recognize that um, there can be other lenses that are unrepresented as well. And so for us, it was really about how do we make a topic and a space that's traditionally been very exclusive, uh, very niche, and sometimes very intimidating more accessible, more relatable, um, and something that folks can really feel comfortable putting themselves out into because uh, our greatest fear was uh, you can talk about the idea of diversity of thought, but you aren't actually making a safe space for people to land in an inclusive way, then you will have some of this just repeat uh, (laughs) participation in the board space. And so we started that about two years ago, and now we've had... Um, you know, over 2,000 people, primarily Albertans, primarily Albertan women, who have gone through our training and who are getting matched to boards as a result. And yeah, so, and to jump on what Chantel said, so I've been watching this incredible work as a CEO at YWC Edmonton, and we thought, let's, we've been around since 1907 doing work in the space to uh, increase gender equality at, in all areas in our community. And we thought, let's, let's partner amplify the work that Director Network is doing. We have lots of connections and networks in, in our province, and I, I'm really hopeful. We have a huge network across the country that we can take this made-in-Alberta solution and template it out across the country so that we can see 
way more women around our decision-making tables. So is there excitement around this? Like when, when uh, if you talk to women or some gender minorities, they hear that, well, maybe there is an opportunity. Maybe there is an avenue in. Maybe there is an in to these, well, basically power brokers <laughs> in a lot of ways. Is there excitement about that opportunity? I think so, yes. I mean, we've... Uh, We've had a little bit of early data, right, in the groups and the people we've interacted with to date. And it is always my greatest joy when I have folks come back to me and say, hey, I took the training. I kind of watched your your social media for board opportunities. It was the nudge I needed. It was that confidence nudge I needed to take the first step. And now I'm chairing this board or now I'm connected into this space. And so that's what we find with you know, there's definitely a segment of our audience who are brand new to the board space, and it's um, going to take a little bit more. But a lot of our audience, they just need a little nudge. They just need to know that, you know, they this 10 out of 10 criteria they've created in their head about what it means to be a board, that might not be accurate, or it might be okay to show up as an 8 out of 10 um, because other people are filling other skills in the team that is the board. That's pretty cool. Uh, what about backlash? Has there been any resistance uh, to this push? Yeah, we I haven't mean, heard any so far. Not at all. Uh, totally the opposite. I've. Good. I think it's you talked about the fact that a lot, a lot of times boards are seen as old boys clubs, and so for women to hear that, not only uh, do we need you on these decision making tables, but here are the tools to get there, um, it's just created a lot of excitement. And I just, like I said, this made in Alberta solution, we need this. We need to do this work. And if we can pioneer this work in Alberta and then take it across the country, I mean, it's just, it's such a cool idea. And I, and, you know, we, we see programs here and there, but not this really concerted effort to truly uh, create gender parity on boards. And, and Chantel, I have to think that this is a benefit for any board, uh, be it for nonprofit or for businesses, because you get a diversity of voices and you get a better representation of the communities that you're trying to serve. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, people will ask me, because I think if you're talking about backlash, the only conversation I'll sometimes have is you'll face the, well, we just want the most qualified candidate. And that is a statement that fails to recognize that you are operating a team, not an individual. And so a team is only as good as it is able to respond to and be aware of multiple opportunities, multiple risks, multiple external threats, all of these things. And so if we just have one of the same type of person around the table, we simply cannot, you know, in any sort of a meaningful way do that. And so when you start to kind of build the business case around this and help people understand kind of group group dynamics, because a board at the end of the day is a small group, then you kind of turn them away from this tokenistic approach of, oh, we're just simply looking to bring someone on to check a box to, wow, this is actually going to make our board better, which is going to make our organization better. Yeah, I guess it just basically makes sense, right? If you're going to serve a community or serve a a commercial endeavor, whatever, that you want to represent who you're you're actually serving. Seems fairly clear. You need different voices, and that's, that's forever evolving and changing, right? I would say current day, you see a lot more concern about reputational risk, about, you know, social trends, things like that, that maybe weren't as concerned about in the past, which mm-hmm. just puts even more of an emphasis on that need for diverse voices. Is this, is this a, a, a lucrative uh, area to go in? 
Um, we're both well, not I think, comments. Yeah, yeah, well, you guys, you guys are. But you're looking yeah. at boards. So, Catherine, for example, is yeah. uh, do people go into it because they want to make some money? Well, you can, and that's the thing. Either sometimes it's a volunteer position, but sometimes there's money involved, and there's extra training that folks will have to do um, to serve, for example, on corporate boards and things like that. Um, but it's it's definitely, and I know that Chantel, they have a spinoff group that does um, extra training. She can talk about that. So it, it, it is, but at the root, it's for us just to blaze these new pathways to just show women, yes, you, you, you can do this and give you the confidence. I, I've served, served on many boards over the years, and I'll always remember that first time I sat at the board table. I was petrified. And... I was petrified because there's Robert rules, there's all these things, there's a different way of speaking at a board, the financial statements, and I thought if I speak, you know, it will be, you know, I'll make an idiot of myself. And so I know that feeling, and I think a lot of that stops a lot of particularly women from even stepping up. And so for us to give the tools to show the way, to, to connect the networks, um, it will make a huge difference in the end. So, Chantel, what is the training? How do you train for this? Yeah, so right now we, um, to date, have offered what we call the board basics training and some uh, additional kind of 2.0 courses around financial literacy and, and kind of strategic governance. And the idea is we're just trying to take all the main principles of governance and break them down in a really relatable and simple way. Kind of what I consider the main pillars that are helpful to know and also could intimidate someone from joining. So Catherine just talked about Robert's Rules of Orders. I mean, that's a process issue, right? And instead of going in depth into Robert's Rules of Order through Board Basics, we talk about what are we trying to achieve when we use something like Robert's Rules of Order? When can we question whether it's harming us more than helping us? And, And when can we have a conversation about an alternative? And to empower someone with that kind of knowledge it allows them to come into a space and actually start to add value right away too because you can potentially ask some questions about the way things are working and if it's actually working. And a lot of times in my experience on boards, we're just doing something because we've done it for a lot of time and not actually kind of poked at it to say, is this working? Um, I, I want to go back to your question about lucrative because I mm-hmm. think there's two ways of thinking about it. Okay. The first is that... People will look at board serve that for-profit board service at the end of the road, and yes, that can be a career, that can be um, you know something that earns you money, and you know whether it's salary or equity or otherwise. And yes, our goal is to help people get on that path sooner. But people have to recognize it's a cumulative path. You don't just start generally on a you know publicly listed board. <laughs> yeah, sure. It, it's a cumulative professional and a cumulative board. Experience And so if we get people starting on other boards sooner, we're setting them up to hopefully impact those numbers quicker. But the other thing is that for a lot of people in our community and think right now who are underemployed or unemployed and um, have skills to offer but are also looking to bolster others, service in the not-for-profit, municipal, city council, boards, it's a great opportunity, as you mentioned, to network, build additional skills, mm-hmm. all of these things that can actually impact, you know, just your kind of everyday professional life. Yeah, yeah very good point. Really quick, because I got to go here. Uh, Catherine, I, I assume that we can do it. Uh, we can get more information through your website. Chantel, I assume the same thing. So, Catherine, uh, tell us the information. Yeah, so go to the YWCA Edmonton website. If you just go to Google, put that in there, or direct your network. 
go to our social media channels it's there we've got stuff already planned so go there check it out sign up or just get ask questions and get involved it's really exciting outstanding uh direct her network and ywca of edmonton Catherine o'neill from the uh, ywca chantelle uh from direct her network thank you guys both appreciate it thanks thanks so much Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.